everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reina. I'm an investment coach. Yikes! As my phone just falls over. I'm an investment coach here at Sage Investors. And uh, this is episode... It's the big 5-0. Um, episode 50. And like, holy crap. I didn't even think I'd even be doing like five episodes, but I managed to do like 50 and I'm, wow, pretty cool. Um, so this is, yeah, this is episode 50. And today I wanna to talk to you a little bit about financial literacy. In Up here in Canada, it's Financial Literacy Month. And so there's a whole lot of programs out there that are out there getting people to be more uh, aware about financial, you know, taking control of their finances, being more financially literate. And uh, that's great, that's awesome. And uh, you know, one of the reasons I started Sage Investors and the reason what I'm, uh, I do what I do working as an investment coach teaching people how to make better investment decisions really revolved around uh, education and I, I've strongly believed and I still believe it's it's one of the cornerstones in my practice is that if you educate people and teach people about the basics of, of making financial decisions investing decisions that at the end of the day you're gonna pay chances are you gonna make um, more successful investment decisions and I still believe in that and one of the things when I started it is I really believed in the concept. I really pounded the table on the concept of, of being more proactive in developing financial literacy programs in various institutions, in our schools. And I said, you know what, it makes sense. You know, if you learn this stuff at a younger age, then chances are you're gonna, it's gonna stay with you. It's gonna stick. It's gonna have a stickiness factor. And that's what I've always believed in with respect to financial literacy. But it's just, over the last few years, I've really had a bit of a mind shift on it. And uh, I actually wrote an article a couple of years ago. Look, now it's a couple of years ago. Talking, it was kind of like my aha moment and my kind of awakening moment with financial literacy. And essentially, I came to this point where I just realized, you know what? I don't think, I don't think this works. And uh, and it kind of bogged me down and it kind of got me down. And what got me down was just research and. Uh, Feedback, and there's been a couple of there's tons of research out there that's showing that a lot, as you know as much as the intentions are so noble and are so positive and are, it just seems like you're doing the right they're doing the right thing with these programs they just don't get traction they just at the end of it don't get the results that we hope that they're gonna get and you know here's a couple of them there was a study done in uh, by the by, by uh, consumer, John Lynch consumer psychology professor in, in Colorado and he studied 200 financial literacy programs in the United States. And the conclusions of his study of, of these programs is that they really had a negligible effect on people, on people's behavior. In fact, they even followed up on a lot of people that took a lot of these, went engaged in these type of financial literacy programs. And they took, basically what they came out to saying is like, it took 20 months later, they saw, if you saw these people like 20 months later, a year and a half or two years later, they pretty much forgot everything that they learned. In, in these programs. Um, there was another uh, study done by Harvard Business School, joint study by Harvard Business School and the Federal, Federal Reserve of Chicago. And they said, talking about high school financial literacy programs, it's ironic because up here in Ontario, um, they just announced that they're gonna introduce a financial literacy course in grade 10 in high school, which is, again, sounds really cool. It sounds like, it sounds like the right thing to do. Unfortunately, again, the studies have shown in, in past courses that have been delivered that it just doesn't make a difference at that level. Um, you take a look at financial like tests, you see a lot of these financial literacy tests and only 16% of the people in the, pop, uh, in the population in the U.S. can answer five core simple basic financial literacy questions. So what the hell is going on? Like why is this not working? 
You know, just look at up here in Canada, uh, people's debt to disposable income ratio has been going up year after year after year. But we've got all these pro we've, had some, we've got all these programs. There's so much information. We have the internet. Like it's easy to get information to educate yourself on financial literacy. But it's not working. It's clearly it doesn't seem like it's been working, and that sucks. So what the hell is going on? Um, I think one of the reasons why it's not sticking to anybody is because the way it's presented. It's presented primarily as, a, as an information transfer medium. Like if you want to get information on saving or budgeting, you can go on the internet, you can go read blogs, you can buy books, you can turn on the TV. You can, there's so many ways to get information on all this stuff, but it's just, okay, great, I have the information. Now what do I do with it? And that's where people get blocked. So getting the information is no problem. Like there's tons of it out there. Um, you know, and the other side of it is it's, this is just not easy stuff. Some of this stuff isn't easy. Like, uh, you know, investing, like I focus on investing and it's a pretty in-depth thing. There's some core thing. I think it's fundamental at the end of it, it's easy, but you need to have some principles behind it and you just can't pick up a book and read it and get a bunch of principles out of it. Debt, debt management, uh, budgeting, these are, these are things that require a little bit of practice and a little bit of a lot of engagement, not necessarily all about uh, getting the mechanics of it down. Um, Great story. I was living in a condo before I moved into my house, and uh, a really nice lady, she's a financial planner, she offered uh, a free uh, evening seminar on, uh, financial, on financial planning. And she went and she talked about all kinds of things like uh, investing and your RSPs, TFSAs, talked about life insurance, talked about um, you know, just budgeting, all the core disciplines of financial planning, and, which was great, but the problem was it was all over the place. And you could just see a lot of people get really kind of, you could see their eyes just glazing over and they just it's just not sinking in. So yeah, she was transferring a lot of really cool information, but it's just not sticking with people. So, and I can see then people just get, it just beats people down and they just said, oh, you know, I'll just, I just deal with it another time and just, it goes all around the priority. So that's a problem. I think that's a big problem with financial literacy programs and the way we do financial literacy is it's just all about just, education um, all about just getting information out there and you know assuming people are gonna just figure it out well I don't think it works that way um, <clears throat> so the question is what can work where like how do we get this how do we get this thing rolling again and get, getting people engaged in the whole concept um, one way to get people what seems to be working is technology and uh, fintech you know we hear a lot about fintech but it, it there seem to be it does seem to have an impact. And one of the things, uh, there was again another study done by the Federal Reserve, and they did a study on how people's behaviors change when they were presented with real-time information on their phone, on a smartphone. And they noticed that um, people's behaviors uh, with respect to making financial decisions change quite dramatically when um, they would get a text message saying, you know what, their balance on their bank account is due, uh, they have a, a mortgage payment coming due on Friday. It forced them to think about taking action and making, try to make sound real-time decisions. And that's cool, and that actually makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of reason how people can acquire skills is a combination of practicing and also getting real-time feedback. So technology is an important tool, I think, because it does give you real-time feedback and forces you to engage and forces you, sort of gives you a call to action kind of thing. Say, you know what, I gotta do something. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take some action here. So that's one thing that seems to be something we can focus on to develop uh, financial literacy. A second thing, unfortunately, which is a little bit more, um, not ideal, not more on the negative side, is people tend to react and tend to be more focused on financial literacy when 
they've they're entering some kind of crisis in their life and when they've had a major stress point like you know divorce um, they lost uh, lost losing your job that seems to be a trigger it's sort of like oh my god I gotta get my crap together um, I gotta worry about my cash flow now and uh, it's unfortunately it's sometimes it's a shock sometimes shock gets gets people engaged in financial literacy and actually Fidelity Investments did a study I'm talking about studies because I just I can't just shoot my mouth off on this. They did a study uh, after the 2008 crash. And they saw that the market after it crashed, you know, people just lost a lot of money. It really shocked people uh, into really taking control of certain behaviors. They were uh, the savings rate um, with investors actually increased, and people noticed that whatever savings and cash flow that they were generating, they were using it to pay down debt. So it was sometimes shock, shock and awe. Is as a mechanism, but you know you can't just like you know legislate shock and awe. Um, so, but that that seems to be a, a, a critical you know genesis point or action point to crystallize behavior and people getting people to engage in more financial literacy. So, that's could work. But really, ultimately, what to me from my experience working as an investment coach, what's get what gets people engaged or gets people into financial liter uh, more becoming more financial literate is. It's the education side of it, um, learning the mechanics. Like I, as I say, I focus on investing and uh, teaching people the mechanics of how to read an income statement, a balance sheet, how to analyze a company, analyze a stock. That's great, but really, what carries people over the top and makes them more successful is being more aware of their emotions and the biases that we all encounter um, when we're making investment decisions. And I think the problem with financial literacy programs is they focus on the education, but they don't focus on the behavior as much. And what I think we need to see happening more is I think the whole concept of going forward, whatever financial literacy programs people think about or trying to get out there, they need to be focused with an effort on developing people's behavioral attitudes towards money. They're helping people manage um, manage their emotions. Uh, you're not going to you know, eliminate a lot of the biases we face in our investment, in our you know behaviors, but um, we can manage them a heck of a lot better. And that's what I do as an investment coach. I, I you know I call it the triple E um, in terms of developing people's competencies to become more financial literate. And to me, it's about it is about education, the mechanics, but it's also about the behavioral side. And so I coach people to how to become more aware of their emotions when when they're faced with in-depth investment decisions, so they can make better investment decisions. The second part is also engaging people. Engaging people means like not getting rah-rah about it or you know getting pom-poms and jumping up and down it's all about uh, getting people to practice um, financial planning getting people to practice saving getting people to practice uh, buying and selling stocks and ETFs because again you get better at something when you practice and if you get real feedback real-time feedback through a smartphone or working with an investment coach like me that's going to help you. That's going to help you build up your skills. And, and ultimately, the final thing in my triple E is empowerment. And that's about confidence. And so once you have that education and you're engaging in the process, you're going to get confident and you're going to feel good about yourself and you're going to feel a little bit more street smart because you're going to be dealing with all kinds of institutions and partners that you're going to team up with to help you get to your financial goals. So to, to me, financial literacy is really not just about education. And I think that's where it falls. And I think that's why a lot of programs fail. Um, so, you know, again, this program that they're doing here in Ontario, I think it's great. I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. I'm happy they're doing it. I've always been a, a proponent of that. It's just what I see from the history. I just hope it works because it just seems like 
the analysis and data that's out there has shown when these type of programs are implemented, they really they fall flat and people just they'll get engaged for like five minutes and then they'll forget it. And a lot of times they'll forget it because it's just not real time meaningful for them. You know, when you're in high school in grade ten, you know what, you don't have a mortgage, you don't have life insurance, you don't pay insurance. You have little of that kind of responsibility. It's great to tell people about what that responsibility is going to be down the road, but real time, it's not going to have an impact. It's not going to resonate with people. So, really, I think the whole concept, and you're going to hear a lot of, in, again, lots of people doing really trying to do the right thing and getting the word out about financial literacy programs. I think get the information out there, give people the sources to get it. But then there needs to be that follow-up on how to develop people's behaviors and attitudes towards money because that's the part I think is the secret sauce that'll make this whole thing go. So that's my little take on financial literacy and uh, you know, I, I, and it's interesting though because when I thought, started talking to people about this maybe a few years ago, there wasn't a lot of, especially a lot of bloggers and people in the financial community, not a lot of you know, uptake on this. They were like, yeah, no, 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 these are good things, these are proper and they're still doing it. But it's interesting now, like especially in this past like maybe six months now, people are taking a much more critical look at a lot of these programs. And, uh, and they're saying, you know what? Yeah, these things just aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. We're not getting the results we're supposed to be getting. So, so I think the tide is turning, but I think the conversation is changing. And it is changing. If we get away from the behaviors, I mean, get away from the, the, the education, just the solely information transfer, and focus on the behaviors that we need to take towards money, then I think we got a shot. Then I think the, the odds are, are in our favor. So that's all I want to share with you today. Um, if you have any questions about this, I'd love to hear your take on this. Tell me if I'm totally way out of uh, out of line on this. I'd love to hear your feedback and your perspective. You can give me a shout um, through my website, www.sageinvestors.ca. Uh, you can hit me through uh, the internet. You can th hit me through Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. And uh, I'm on there tweeting about all my personal uh, observations and my own personal investment decisions that I make in real time on uh, through Twitter. So. That's, the, that's today's episode, episode 50. Yes, and hopefully maybe we can do another 50. Um, this, is, uh, this has been Stock Talk. Uh, my name is Amin Reina. I'm an investment coach again from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you another time. Take care. Bye.